Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned as together we'll study God's Word. Good morning, PCC. I'm imagining each of you in your homes worshiping this morning and want to know how much I miss seeing each one of you. And I especially want to give a shout out to the house churches, the 13 house churches and 134 people that are meeting this morning. Um, I just want to encourage each of you to be thinking about getting together with another family, your small group, with your neighbors to worship together as it's intended to be, to worship together in community. I know it's been incredibly meaningful for me. As you know, we're in a series right now called Kingdom Allegiance Over Earthly Alliances. You've heard us go into Genesis and into Exodus, and today we're going to be going into Jeremiah 29. And as you prepare, you might want to get your Bible. I'm going to give you a little tip because for me, sometimes it's a little challenging to find Jeremiah. So take your Bible open it in half, you should get to Psalm, and then start working to the right. And it's just after Isaiah, you'll find Jeremiah. And today we're in Jeremiah 29. When I joined PCC about a year and a half ago, it was, shall we say, a little overwhelming. Uh, There was quite an agenda before me. And so you do what you do with a new job, you dig in. And one of the first things that you do is you attack the alphabet soup, right? Okay, so I was joining PCC as a part of the ECC, and I was coming from PCP. And then, of course, I knew I was to work with the LT and the LST, and of course, I was working for GG. So working on that alphabet soup. And then did you know that we hire almost 300 people at this community. And we have almost 700 people that worship here regularly. And so that's a lot of names and faces and I so desperately wanted to get the names and the faces together. And Barbara, I am so sorry that I called you Donna. I hope you forgive me. And so Lord, I pray for all of us at PCC and want to let you know that I was committed to this especially one month into this, as I learned from our accounting system, that we didn't exactly have the million dollars that we thought we had. I immediately realized I needed help. I needed help. I needed a group of women to come around me, to encourage me, to pray for me, to challenge me and pray for me, to hold me accountable and to pray for me. And I identified three women who came around me. I was so humbled by their saying yes. And we have started meeting as a group together. And we met monthly and now we're actually meeting by Zoom on a weekly basis. And then we had this retreat. This was back in January, where during that retreat, we discovered that two of us are die-in-the-wool Republicans and two of us are progressive Democrats. Now, you would think that would be a reason for us to scatter to the ends of the earth. But on the contrary, we dug in. We became closer and closer with each other. We were committed sisters in Christ. We were respectful for our differences, but it did not divide us. We 
were together. And in fact, we also learned that we represented four decades. We have one of us in the 50s, one of us in the 60s, one in the 70s, and one in the 80s. Now, I'm not going to give you our secret handshake or anything like that, but I want to tell you that our allegiance to each other as sisters in Christ has far surpassed any of our political differences or any other differences. And by the way, they are a ton of fun. Now, allegiance is a really big word. And what we're going to do is go to Jeremiah. We're going to go back 1,200 years, and we're going to look at the allegiance of Israel to our God. Now, we're going to introduce Jeremiah, the prophet, and Judah, the country. Now, Judah is also known as Israel. This, at this time, is the remnant of Israel, Judah. And so you may find that I'm going to use these words interchangeably, Judah and Israel. Judah was at the end of its darkest reign in the history of its nation. It was a nation that was not honoring their God. They were not honoring their covenant law. They were, in fact, making political pacts with neighboring um, uh, foreign powers. They did not take care of their orphans and their widows. They did not care for the marginalized. They were not working for street life ministry. They were not working for Generations United. They were not sack out there watching the kids for the essential workers that needed childcare. This was not Israel. Israel was in a time a selfish, corrupt nation, deeply impacted by the corrupt civilizations all around them. Judah, God's chosen people, had lost their way. And in fact, they were not following their God. They did not even know their God. Now, Judah was surrounded by a number of neighboring countries. So it's the small remnant surrounded by Mesopotamia, Egypt, Persia, Assyria, Babylon, countries that were very polyistic. And in the process of their assimilation within those countries, we see their faith being impacted by these polytheistic countries, these countries that are worshiping multiple gods. And Israel has forgotten their one true God. And slowly, this has eroded their faith. So if we're going to talk about multiple gods, let's talk about what a God is. What is the purpose of a God? Well, you and I are students of history, and so we know that the purpose of a God, we've seen, you know, the Marvel comic strips and the 26 different Marvel movies. We've read Iliad and the Odyssey, where the Spartans are against the Trojans, the Spartan gods and the Trojan gods. They are for a single purpose of smiting your enemy and protecting you. This is the purpose of a god, right? Smite the enemy, protect you. So the Roman gods were for Rome. The Greek gods were for Greece. Gods were aligned with one nation. Gods were aligned with a single nation. So for Israel, they also had their god. They had Yahweh. But what's important to understand at this point is that Everyone had their God or gods. For Israel to make a claim towards their God, Yahweh, was not unusual for the culture at the time. This was not a unique claim. But as we have noted, the Israelites were not worshiping Yahweh. 
So let's take a look at what Jeremiah the prophet has to say to Israel. And this is where we're looking at Jeremiah 29.1. And it reads, This is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent to Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles to the priests, prophets, and all people. Nebuchadnezzar has carried them into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar has carried them into exile. Wait a minute. Nebuchadnezzar, it sounds like maybe Nebuchadnezzar's God has won over Yahweh. Does it not sound? Babylon has won. Is Babylon's gods stronger than Yahweh? So let's look now again. Let's go on down to Jeremiah 29.4. And here's where we see this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all of those I carried into Israel from Jerusalem to Babylon. Notice a change of one little pronoun there. In verse 1, we have Nebuchadnezzar. In verse 4, we say, I, the Lord God Almighty, carried into exile. So wait a minute. It's God who carried them. God has used Nebuchadnezzar. But wait a minute. God is supposed to be for Israel. God is for us. If God is for us, who can be against us? How is it that God is using Nebuchadnezzar for God's purposes? We thought God was only for protecting Israel. So let's stop for a moment. This is an amazing claim. Our God, our Yahweh, is suggesting that Babylon is the agent of God's judgment on Israel. This is unprecedented. This is unparalleled. God is using Babylon. Our God, uniquely our God, is over all nations. He is the God of all nations. He is not just the God of you and me. He is not just the God of Israel. He is a sovereign God over all nations. God is sovereign. But meanwhile, we've got back at the ranch, the Israelites, and we're wondering, how are they feeling as exiles into a Babylonian community? The Babylonians have trampled Jerusalem to dust they have carried away the king. They have torched the temple. And they have carried all the surviving population off into exile. No family member has been touched. Have you ever felt like you have been in exile? Where my God has abandoned me? Or maybe you feel like God has used a Babylon. I know I have. Over the past few weeks, these Sermon Sundays, we have been discussing multiple fault lines that can divide a church. When I think back to when I was a third grader, I was required to memorize scripture in my public school. And I was taught that Christopher Columbus founded America. But leaders since that time have challenged me to realize that I should think about this differently. But as I think about that, I have to confess, are my heroes, the heroes that I once acknowledged, are they still my heroes? Are they still my heroes? 
And then there's the political division. Can I trust the government? Can I trust the news? Can I trust the CDC, the NIH, the court system, the, the police? Can I trust the Supreme Court? Who can I trust? And then in the midst of this, we're dealing, I'm dealing with the COVID pandemic. We're sheltering in place. I can't see my friends. I can't worship at my church. I can't go to my office. We can't go to the workplace. I can't give my daughter a hug. I can't watch the birth of my grandchild. I can't sit at the side of the hospital bed of my loved one. I can't plan and attend a memorial service. Do you ever feel like you're in exile right now? We're gonna take a break now for 90 seconds and I want you to ponder this question with anyone else in the room with you. Have you ever felt like you were in exile? Welcome back. It's a tough place to be in exile. And Jeremiah was the prophet, the one with the message. No one really wanted to hear from Jeremiah. Jeremiah was reminding Jerusalem that they had been defeated by Nebuchadnezzar, by Babylon, and by their God. They were not exactly having a good day. So let's go to Jeremiah 29.5. This was Jeremiah's specific instructions. Ready? Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for you will prosper too. Okay, God wants his people to seek peace and prosperity of Babylon, Babylon, Babylon. Why would God want them to seek the peace and prosperity of Babylon? Well, this is where it gets so exciting. This is one of the most missional chapters in the Old Testament because God wants to use Israel for 
all the nations. Our God is a God of all the nations, not just for one nation. From the very beginning of time, God has had this missional arc, 66 books of the Bible, where God shares his missional endeavor for us, that Israel is to be the light to the nations, that we are to be the light to the nations, because God wants all of us, all of us to know him. So what does that mean then, if we are to be the light to the nations? How is Israel supposed to seek peace and prosperity for Babylon, for the city? Well, let's look specifically at what peace and prosperity mean. And so if you look at the slide, you'll see that I've highlighted three words, peace, prosperity, and prosper. Those three words that are highlighted when you look to the original Hebrew word for all of them, the word is shalom. Now, shalom is a word that we think we all know. It means peace, shalom. But it is a word that actually has a very deep, rich meaning, can mean a number of different things depending on the context. It can mean welfare. It can mean wholeness. It can mean hello or goodbye. Shalom is a very rich word. But what we know here is that this single word is that God wants shalom for the city, Babylon, and in turn, the people of Israel, in their future, they know God is promising them shalom. So we have God promising shalom for the future of his covenant people. So let's be clear, God is not calling the Israelites to love Babylon. God is calling them back unto himself. He is not calling them to worship the culture of Babylon. He is calling them to be a light into Babylon. He is calling them to be his people. God wants all of us to know him. You know, during this COVID season, um, I've had this opportunity to kind of hunker down and, you know, spend a little more time in my Bible. I'd wake up each morning and I'd have my cup of coffee and my blanket and my Bible, and I would just have this really, really rich time with God. It has just been just a wonderful time. And as I would do this day after day, I could realize it starts becoming a bit isolating, and it could begin to feel like God is here uniquely for me. Now, God is here for each of us. But God isn't here for me, for my sake. I am here for God's sake. We are here together for God's sake. He's not here for me to thrive, for PCC to thrive. He is here for us to be his agents of change, to reach out to the city. He is looking for our allegiance to him, to be his people. So I have to ask you, is your allegiance to God strong enough to seek Him? Is your allegiance to God your first priority? How do we seek the peace and prosperity of our community? Well, Stephen and Grace Wang started COVID-19 Love, brokering folks to serve. 
Angie Barra and Generations United and 100 families are taking risks in relationships, delivering food and building relationships. Dave Cowan and the Cowan family have been serving with Generations United. Susie Hughes with One Life Counseling has been serving the vulnerable with a clothing commissary and food distribution. Freedom Morris is building relationships in East Redwood City with non-English speakers, and she doesn't speak Spanish. Virginia Huffman, she listens to God. She goes wherever God tells her to go. And Rusty and Jackson Mooney, well, the whole Mooney family, they pay attention to the little things. And then there are those of you who have started house churches, who are caring deeply about the city and caring deeply for people who are lonely and not connected and finding them a place where they are loved and where they have a chance to seek God. God cares for all the nations. This is God's mission to bring salvation and justice to all of the nations. Now that's a mammoth agenda and God is using each one of us for the peace and prosperity of our city. This is where God calls us, not to hunker down in our COVID time, but to get out there and to be the light of the nations. What have you been doing with your last five months? We are the people, the agents of change to bring Salome to the city. God uses us for God's purposes so that all may know him. Feel like you're in exile? The Jewish people know just how you feel. I look to each of you during this time of exile and ask you, are you passionate enough in your allegiance to God to seek the welfare of our city? Amen. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. Thank you for tuning in to our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity to connect with you more. We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online at wearepcc.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching for We Are PCC.